Hello, and welcome back to the Iowa Type Theory Commute. I'm Aaron Stump, and we've been talking about linear logic a little bit in the context of proof theory. And I wanted to talk one more little bit about linear logic today. I have a couple of points I wanted to discuss. Um, first of all, I had not yet attempted to talk about the multiplicative disjunction. <laughs> uh, now, let's recall that um, I'm laughing because, uh, you know, it seems kind of particular, but it's not too bad to remind ourselves what's going on with that. There's, um, in linear logic, we're tracking our assumptions in our context. Uh, the, the formulas we're assuming to be true. Well, we no longer think of it really as assuming them to be true. We more like think of them as resources. I mean, this is definitely, that's how I sort of first heard a kind of computer science take on this. Um, linear logic, and you'll see that in pretty much any linear logic tutorial you try to find, is that we're thinking of our assumptions as more like um, resources. Because you, in linear logic, we have to use every assumption exactly once. And uh, this requirement um, gives rise, in some sense, to um, different ways that we can uh, set up in, uh, inference rules. So an inference rule, if we're reading it from conclusion to premises, say, it can say like, well, if you're trying to prove some formula, then you need to prove some other stuff in the premises of this rule, but using the exact same context that you had in the conclusion. So the context can be kind of just retained and copied in the premises, or you can split the context. And so it's kind of, um, from the resource perspective, when you retain the context, it's like you're, it's sort of more like the resource has a certain hypothetical feel to it. So, for example, with um, additive disjunction, if I'm assuming, if I, in my sequence, I have an assumption that says, you know, A uh, additive disjunction with B, then um, in the conclusions, you use the exact same resource. It's like basically, I have some resources and I have this resource, and what I'm supposed to try to build some stuff. And that an A, um, I don't know the proper pronunciation. I'm sorry. A like plus B, this particular kind of or, uh, we have we share the context into the premises, and so it's sort of saying like, well, I don't really know what this A plus B resource is. If it's an A then I can use my other resources plus that A to do something. And if it's a B, I can use my other resources plus that B to, to, to build something of the same type. And, you know, so I'm, I'm just, I'm sort of showing like, I've got these resources, then I got this funny thing, like, it's like a box, and inside's an A or a B, but I don't know what it is. But I'm sort of reasoning that, well, whatever, when I open that box up, whatever it is, if it's an A, I can do what I need to do. And if it's a B, I could also do what I need to do using my other resources. Um, now, multiplicative disjunction, so that's additive disjunction. The context is duplicated in the premises. But uh, multiplicative disjunction, just as multiplicative rules in general, the, the resources need to be split. And so um, multiplicative disjunction, I tried many times to see if there was good intuitive... Um, I can come up with some intuitive meaning of it, but I, I, the best, I was trying for sort of like military things because um, the, if you have um, something, uh, if you have a resource, 
of type A par B. And they draw this like an upside down and symbol. And I guess, guess it's pronounced par. A par B. Um, if you have something of that type, what it means is you need to split your resources. And using one bunch of resources and the A, you 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 um, you build some cert certain things. And using the other bunch of resources and the B, you build some other things. So um, I'm sort of thinking it's kind of like, like if the resources, if I was thinking militarily, it's like the resources, if they were like battalions or something, I'm like a general and I get to deploy my forces, right? This like A par B, um, Oh, hey, ooh, maybe this works. Oh, could it possibly be on air inside again? Beep, 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 flashlights go off. This is why it's kind of fun to, this is why it's helpful for me to talk to you about this because I actually feel like I learned something. So um, before I overly prematurely celebrate, let me just say, okay, so what if A par B, if I think of it as like command to this general, okay, so maybe from, you know, the higher up general or whatever, the, the, or the president or whatever, whoever, you know, this general receives an order and it's basically like you need to attack um, at this location and you also need to attack at that location or defend. Like say, it's like, okay, I need to defend, um, you know, whatever. I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, defend Madrid and I also need to defend Seville or something. Um, putting on my Spanish Civil War hat. Uh, so, um, you, that, so A par B, it means I need, I must divide my forces. And actually, I kind of, I read, there was a very insightful comment on some Stack Exchange post or something about this multiplicative disjunction that said, you know, you have to divide your resources, but you should also think of it as I get to divide my resources. I get to split them. I don't really, I don't have a choice. I do need to split my forces but I'm, I, this par, if I have an assumption of type A par B, this multiplicative disjunction, it gives me the, the right as well as the duty to split my resources. So if I'm the general and I was kind of like, ah, oh, there's too many forces all lumped up in this one place, this order that says go defend Madrid and Seville, this is like great news for me because I get to split my forces. How I split them is up to me. I mean, I can do an inference with this par assumption. I can split my resources you know, however I want. And with one group, I'm going to, you know, I get the A resource and with the other group, I get the B resource. Um, so I guess in that case, it'd be like, if I continue this metaphor, um, I guess it'd be like, the general receives this A par B order that says you must attack, you must defend Madrid and defend Seville. And so when he decides to pursue that and like splits his forces, then it's like with, you know, when he decomposes that order, defend Madrid and defend Seville. It's like, now there's two orders. One order says defend Madrid. He sends that off with the forces that are going to Madrid. The other order says defend Seville. He sends that off with those forces. Okay, so like the A part B, it's not just saying like, oh, go do something with your resources. It's like you actually get something out of it in each case, right? You split your resources and one group goes with resource additional resource A, one group goes with additional resource B. Okay. So that's one thing I wanted to say about linear logic was I wanted to attempt some kind of um, explanation of multiplicative disjunction. And thanks to my guardian angel, I actually have something semi-sensible, I hope to say, that makes some intuitive sense. Um, okay. Now, the other thing I wanted to say is uh, I read this great quote that just 
it's really kind of sticking with me from this uh, Stanford, I think it was from the Stanford Encyclopedia of uh, Philosophy article on linear logic, which I mentioned, I think, the last time, by Roberto Di Cosmo and Dale Miller. And um, I think at the start of that, I believe this was the one, they said, um, they had this, they said the slogan is linear logic is a logic behind logics. Oh, that's a logician that kind of gives me shivers, literally. Uh, <laughs> sounds cool. And I thought, I was, first I was like, oh, this sounds like way overhyped. But uh, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm still wrestling with is that overhyped or not. Um, <clears throat> and the reason is, so as I mentioned before, proof theoretically, you know, we, when I first learned about linear logic, and part of the reason I guess I sort of discounted a little bit, I'm interested in foundations of things. And, and when people talk about resources and stuff like that and kind of computer science vein, that's great. I think that sounds cool. And I could get into that as well. But it didn't really sort of tickle my foundational funny bone. Um, but then I learned what they explained, I believe, in that Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy article. I learned that, well, in fact, the motivation originally was to try to achieve, to, um, to get a system where we could, for example, have multiple succedents in our sequence, um, and we could have the sort of some of the, or we could try to have sort of the dualities of classical logic, but we could retain, um, we could retain canonicity. We would not, we would basically still have some notion of constructivity, even though we had some, some a logic with the dualities of classical logic. Now, um, yeah, that is kind of a deep point we could discuss at more length than I have time for at the moment. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, so the, the, the claim was that basically uh, if you get rid of the structural rules, you actually end up preventing de uh, deriving non-constructive principles like law of excluded middle. And that is really, um, yeah, that's really pretty interesting. Uh, and some of the derivations I note for some of these non-constructive principles do need to use um, like contraction. They need to duplicate an assumption. And so if you forbid that, then all of a sudden uh, you are blocking derivation of these non-constructive principles, which is pretty interesting. Um, so I may, maybe I'll talk one more time about linear logic of this sort of thing, about like embedding. We can embed intuitionistic and classical logic into linear logic. Um, so, and that kind of raises some more of these kind of sort of more foundational points. Okay, I need to stop now. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you again for, I'm still getting some people trickling in some donations to support the podcast. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. It makes me feel really, makes me feel appreciated by you. And um, so I really do, um, I'm grateful for that. I hope you're well wherever you are. Drop me an email sometime if you want to say hi, introduce yourself, ask a question, make a suggestion. Somebody suggests we should talk about metaprogramming. Okay, that sounds cool. Maybe we could do that. Maybe someone else will have a competing suggestion. All right, I'm done for now. Bye.